0: Listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 286. Kayla Lords here with the one, the only, the mildly caffeinated, but not quite enough yet, John Brownstone. Yeah, close enough. Close enough for government work. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this <laughs> week, we're starting a new series, sort of, I don't know if that's the right word, and we're revisiting our oldest episodes from the very beginning that were short and didn't always feature both of us, and didn't have the kind of in-depth conversations we like to have mm-hmm. now, and we're starting with the very first episode that was six minutes long. Oh my goodness. So cringy to listen to, uh, where I say that... Literally anyone can be kinky, and I still stand by it, but I think there's more to say, so that's what we're going (laughs) to (laughs) do. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday and Tuesday, I almost forgot that, for your Hmm. kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Loving on FetLife at Loving PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking <laughs> hate, Loving DS and the number one, so that's at Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. That's the Wednesday before it comes out on Friday, if you're trying to keep track and if your schedule aligns. All links are in the show notes. The show notes are found at LovingBDSM.net big thanks as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you, we love you, and we're so damn grateful for you, especially right now. (laughs) If you would like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content, like a bonus podcast episode that's basically behind the scenes, and a bonus section all in one uh, each month, plus access to a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters. Mm-hmm. Join us at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so before we get into it, I have a single announcement. JB's shop, The Kinkery, found at thekinkery.com, turns one year old on October 22nd. It'll be our first yeah. anniversary. So we're celebrating with a sale. Uh, <laughs> the site's thekinkery.com, The link is in all the places. If you use code one year, all one word, one year, you get ten percent off uh, your purchase, including sale items. We don't have a lot of sale items left because if it goes on sale, that means we're getting rid of it, and we sold through some of our sale items. But um, it's good on the coupon's good on everything but gift cards. So, and yes, we sell gift cards if you're looking for holiday presents. Anyway. So thekinkery.com, we're turning one. Um, We're supposed Mm -hmm. to do an Instagram live uh, on the Kinkery's Instagram account this Friday, October 22nd. To celebrate, I don't know what time that is yet. We haven't figured that out. Anyway, uh, but you can participate in the sale. We
1: need hats and noisemakers. And- I
0: know. I need to go to the Dollar Tree. Uh, Thekinkery.com, <laughs> coupon code one year. We've added new paddles uh, in the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We have one product that's on a delay because you know somebody got hit by a literal car. Uh, <laughs> the fingers crossed that'll be out by Black Friday. But uh, new paddle styles, new stuff. Still mm-hmm. got stickers. Still got fun stuff. Uh, we're excited, so come join us. Thekinkery.com, coupon code, one year, save 10% off. That goes runs through the end of October. So, mm-hmm. okay, there we go. So let's get into it. Um, thank you so much, Ian, for thank the super you, chat. Ian. We love you so much. Um, Let us get into this. So I proposed this idea before you got hit by a literal car. Uh, <laughs> part of it was when you've had... 286 audio podcast episodes, which is not the same number that's sitting on YouTube, but we were getting there, right? Like a lot is on YouTube. You start feeling like you've run out of stuff to talk about and every once in a while we come up with something and I'm like, well, technically we've talked about that before and there's always something new to add, but when you've talked for 90 minutes on a topic, maybe there's not that much new to add. But then I start thinking about our original episodes. The very first one, which is the one we're talking, we're redoing today, it was six minutes. It was me and my shaky, cringy voice reading off of a computer screen, desperate to not have an um or an uh or a huh in there, Clearly, over the past six years, I've gotten over that.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, six minutes, that's a record for you in short, you know.
0: Well, if you recall, my promise to you with this podcast idea in 2015 is that I would, quote, keep them short. Yeah. Uh, Everybody laugh now. It's fine. I'm not offended. (laughs) I know. Uh, I also promised you wouldn't have to be involved unless you wanted to be involved. Ha. Uh, (laughs) But by doing it myself and because I was nervous, The first episode was a simple statement. It was meant to be an introduction to who we thought Loving BDSM was gonna be. Um, It was meant to sort of declare, this is how we see things. So you kind of understood who you were getting and what you were getting into. And yeah, anyone of any gender, of any sexuality, of any race, of any ethnic background, of any, any anything can be kinky. And technically of any age, we know kids who are figuring out their kinky. Y'all should all be grown ass adults if you are listening to the sound of my voice. Please don't get us in <laughs> trouble because you're an underage kinkster, but we know kids are mm-hmm. figuring out kinks too. Like, it's a thing. Anybody can be kinky. But we, you and I have never had the conversation. And there are a few topics from back in the day that were never discussed between the two of us. And so this is the start of a series where we want to do that. Um, the, it, the thing, is I, we're not gonna add much to, anyone can be kinky, but there's still there's still stuff. There's always stuff. Can I find stuff to talk about? Why, well, yes, I can. Uh, leave me alone in a room for about five minutes and I'll just start talking to myself. I can find stuff to talk about. Um, for anybody who's curious or, wants to listen to the cringe that is that six minute episode. I couldn't even listen to it. I was so glad I had written it out because it meant there was a transcript. I went back and read the transcript because I spent about a minute listening and went, I, I can't. I can't listen to this anymore. And I don't mind the sound of my own voice on recording. I'm over it now. I'm yeah. used to it.
1: Now, see, I, I read the transcript. I didn't even think about listening to it. <laughs> now, now, for old time's sake, I think I'm going to have to go and, and listen to it later. I don't later. know if Just... I can
0: handle you laughing at me that much. Um, But for anybody who has come to the podcast or the YouTube uh, channel after we've been doing this for a while and you ever go to a podcast app and you can't find these old episodes, um, they are all living at lovingbdsm.net. For a podcast app, uh, we have to try and keep our feed, that's what pushes the episodes to you as they come out, as light and fast moving as possible. So right now we're keeping only about 200 episodes on the feed at any given time. And we have over 300 recordings. So there's a lot that's not gonna show up in a podcast app. Mm -hmm. You have to go to lovingbdsm.net. On YouTube, I did upload that audio as a quote, video for the archive playlist. I got bored doing the archive playlist, so I stopped at a certain point. Mm -hmm. If anybody's ever like, no, really put those archives on YouTube, I'll start doing it again, but mm, I got tired of it. It is there. And you can hear the cringe there too. And the fact that anybody heard my cringy little voice and listened to me for six minutes and went, yeah, that's a podcast I'll follow. Bless you. Okay. Bless you and more pleasure to you.
1: All right. right. So. Harken back to the days of being in the closet.
0: So the first episode is what I just said. Literally, I could sum it up. There's no one right way to be into BDSM. I think we've said that for.
1: Multiple times. This
0: recording of this live stream is 286 episode, so we've said it 286 times. Um, Our roles are not identified by gender or sexuality or anything Mm -mm. else. Um, I think if you've been around here for a hot minute, you know that. It's weird, I'll say this, after all this time of thinking in that way and of retraining both of us, because we both had this problem back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Every time we said Dom, we'd refer to he, and every time we said Sub, we'd refer to she. Because those were our roles. And I, I think I retrained myself quicker than you retrained yourself. And I would actually True. remind you yeah. at, at times, hey, wait, mm, don't don't gender that. I actually forget now, even though I know intellectually, that out there <laughs> in the rest of the world, there are people who still do that. They assume that if you're Dom, you must be mm-hmm. um, a man, usually a cis man, uh, usually a white cis man. And if <laughs> you're submissive, you are probably a cis white female and you're straight and it's a hetero thing. And is that true for many people? Uh, sure. But that's, that's like just the tip of the iceberg and you go beneath the ocean surface and it's vast. Like it's, it's anything and everything. It, it's can't, it, to me, it's so strange to label roles in power exchange or kink. Cause there's top and bottom mm. by gender or by sexuality to assume that it's, it's hetero just by even one looking at it i mean people would look at us and go oh that that's a straight couple no
1: mm-hmm.
0: no <laughs> this man's a lot of things but straight ain't one of them okay <laughs> like <laughs> uh-uh. kinky and not straight i wanted to not just say queer because i it's not yeah. a label you quite yet use mm-hmm. but like there's an expression about about as straight as a and I can't think of no, it. Somebody, I can't
1: think of it now either. Somebody yeah. our
0: age or older might remember. Please educate mm-hmm. me because there is totally an expression. Yeah. So, yeah, I, six years on, I don't even think in those terms anymore. So when I see somebody oh, no. thinking in those terms, I, I'm like, what planet did we just walk mm-hmm. on to? Yeah. Um, do you sort of remember... At any point, how you how your thinking shifted, or when your, some of your thinking shifted about that?
1: Um, oh gosh, you know, at this point, it seems like so long ago. To a certain extent, um, I hmm, yeah, I don't know. It 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 seems so natural now at this point for me.
0: I think it's about what you get used to. And I think that's the problem with why people tend to think of kink or BDSM roles in very narrow Mm -hmm. terms sometimes is because that is what you are used to. And so we forget that there are other ways of being beyond our lived experience. Yeah, The more you're around people, the more you interact with people who are different than you, I think the more you're reminded of that. But it's very easy to live in a bubble um, sure. Where everybody kind of looks like you and sounds like you, and that's not always a bad thing, but it is not great if you are, if you then judge anybody who doesn't represent what looks like what mm-hmm. it looks like in your bubble, and to, and decide that they're somehow wrong for yeah. how they've done
1: it. I, I think what really started shifting it for me was, you know, for you as as a writer, you were immersed in that community. Online,
0: oh yes, okay. not not just the kink community, but the sex, yeah, creative sex writer, mm-hmm. sex positive kind of community for sure. And
1: and I think for me, the the shift really started. I mean, obviously through you, but I being very active in going to munches, you know, going to workshops, going to the club, mm-hmm. you know, going to the dungeon. Um, I saw m- more of it. Mm hmm. Two, Mm -hmm. which helped generate that shift.
0: Uh, You know, I will say, I think and I hate to admit it because we I think we all want to believe that we're just enlightened on some level or we just understand and have empathy and like get Mm -hmm. it like that's just supposed to happen because we woke up one day understanding it. But I remember my first experiences, not so much at the munches, although the munches that you took me to in the beginning were not as diverse as they could be, but certainly mm-hmm. more diverse than others I've heard of. Um, and that sort of opened my eyes a bit like, oh, that's right. I know this intellectually that literally anybody can be kinky, <laughs> but seeing literally anybody that you might pass in the grocery store be kinky is like, oh yeah, that that kind of makes it hit home. But what I feel like hit hardest for me in a good way was going to the dungeon for the first time. Because... Mm-hmm. In that space, for us, and I know this is not universally true, but for us, there was a little bit of of diversity of kinks. So Mm -hmm. that was the first time I saw, I met somebody who was a, I don't know if this is still the correct term for what they do, but the way I think of it is a cross-dresser, like their sexuality was their sexuality, but their kink was dressing as in the, so they were, They identified as a man, they're a man. So they dressed in a very feminine way and super cute, like could pull off outfits. I'm over there going, wish I could look like that in (laughs) that attire. Um, And I remember you or I both having a conversation with him where he was like, this is actually the first kink community I found where I can come in here and I can do this in the dungeon. Like he Mm -hmm. came to the door in street clothes and vanilla clothes, and then came in and he beelined it for the changing area and got decked out in whatever he was going to get decked out in that time. And that was my first, it was, I understood people wore clothes, not as part of the binary, the gender binary of what is expected societally. Like I got that, whether you call it cross dressing or it's called something else. I understood that, but it was the first time I had seen it as a kink and i had seen mm. it treated as a kink and as an expression of self in a, in a sexually arousing way. Like he enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. And I never got to have too many conversations with him about it. I think you had more, but that was one thing. And then the first known to me, because it doesn't mean they weren't there before. I just didn't know. Cause I don't ask what some people's pants. Thanks. The first trans person I met was at the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was, the nice thing was, is that in that circle of people, it was not treated as like this oddity or this weird thing or this, you know, she she was not there to be gawked at, which thank God it was just, this is who this person is. Oh, and they will also absolutely beat your ass like the sadists they are. And it was, it's not something to comment on to that person. It's not something to walk away going, oh my gosh, there was a trans person in the club. It's a thing to internalize of, okay that's a trans person, that's a this person, that's a that person. Oh, those are very queer people. Oh, that's a straight couple, which is not something to even comment on. We are everywhere, Uh, you know, (laughs) but it was a nice kind of mix. Yeah. And it was just being in that space and just getting to know people as people that the thing that you know intellectually starts to feel a lot more real. And again, it's not something you run out Mm -hmm. and go, let me tell you what I discovered that these types of people exist. It's just a thing to know within yourself. So then when you start talking about kink to a, in our case, a broader audience, it no longer feels natural to say he for dom and she for sub because I've met subs who don't, you know, their pronouns are not she. I've met, you know, doms who I don't even know what their gender is and it doesn't matter because they're, they're just a dom, that's who they are. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of benefits to a kink community if you can find one that's good. Yeah, And I would absolutely say that can be one of them. Now, some kink communities are very homogenous. Sometimes that's by design. Um, communities of people who are into pet play, communities of people who are into bondage, communities of people who are into age play, mm-hmm. like those groups exist. And sometimes there are um, communities that are, um, more queer, or they're part of a neighborhood that happens to have a maybe a certain racial makeup or a certain ethnic makeup, and so the people in that community are going to look like the neighborhood or the area, and that's fine. Um, I would say if you're in a community where, from appearances at least, everybody is white, everybody is straight, and everybody is cis, you are not getting the, hmm, what's the word? The the bigger picture of what kink can look like. Like in that case, because we are the, for now, the majority of the world, you're to me, you're not getting any new insight into what kink can be. If you're in mm-hmm. that bubble, the question I would say is ask yourself why that bubble looks exactly like you. Like why aren't people who do at least not appear to be straight, why are they not there? Why are there no black people? Or Muslim people, or like pick a group that's not represented. If everybody seems to be just like you, is there something happening that's keeping those people, those other people away? Mm-hmm. That they don't feel comfortable. To me, that's in that case, that's that's not a community that's going to teach me much. It's it looks too much like me. It sounds too much like me. It's mm-hmm. mm-mm. I can go to I can go to a Denny's and get that experience. Why would I go to the Munch to get that experience? But when we go into a munch and there's every type of person you can imagine, every body type, the reason I can get mostly naked at a club and just not even blink is the first time I went, I saw, I saw my body type reflected back at me. I saw larger Mm -hmm. body types than mine reflected back at me. I did not see airbrushed porn like i have (laughs) been seeing in (laughs) Tumblr. Yeah. Thank you, God. Because that is another reminder that when you think anybody can be kinky, if all we ever see of kink and BDSM online are the airbrushed perfections of three piece suits and, you know, sleek, slim, you know, non-disabled bodies, then you start internalizing that that must be what it is. And so then you go, well, am I allowed to do this? Cause I don't look like that. But going to a dungeon where there, I mean, there were some beautiful body types that I had to remind myself I had manners and you're not supposed to just stare and drool. That's kind of creepy. Uh, <laughs> and there were some where it's was like, that does not appeal to me, but also that looks like me. Okay, okay, look at them. Okay, I can do, I can do that. I can at least do that, yeah. I'm not I'm not the only one who looks like this. For me, that mm-hmm. was important. That might not be important for anybody else. It's fine, but for me that was that was powerful. And next thing you know, I was ripping True. off my clothes and running up to a St. Andrews Cross. And now <laughs> you can't stop me. I'll walk in and rip off the clothes and walk to the St. Andrews Cross. <laughs> but you know, to say anyone can be kinky is important. It's meaningful, but it's also meaningless until you actually go out into some kind of online or in-person community and actually mm-hmm. interact with the fact that, yes, literally anybody can be kinky. Absolutely. I have rambled. What do you think? I've also ramped my blood pressure up. I think up. It's, it's
1: wonderful <laughs> seeing uh, the diversity that has come about in the community because through that, it has brought so much new perspectives. Mm-hmm. In into the kink world, that is, um, you know, just tremendous for what it's it's done for the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's why you know I I miss going to Orlando. Mm -hmm. You know, there the Munch in Orlando is just amazing.
0: Yeah, that 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 was kind of nice because that was also a moment where I was like, okay. I see all kinds of people, body styles, relationship mm-hmm. styles, um, outward gender expressions where you didn't know who or what that they, they, that was for yeah. them to, to tell you, but you were like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in my local Publix grocery store. Okay, I'm here for yeah. It. yeah. Uh, and then I saw a variety of ages. We have been to munches where I brought the average age down, okay? I, y'all, I'm in my forties. If I'm bringing the average age down, that's an older crowd. Uh, We have also (laughs) gone to events where we could have been everybody's parents. (laughs) And, you know, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent, again, it's okay if communities crop up around that because maybe that's the area you live in. And so that's the age range of the people who live there. What I have always found telling is when we've been the oldest people in the room, which is, I'll tell you, a little strange to be, because in my mind, I'm still 18. I can't possibly be the oldest person in a room. The younger crowd community was more welcoming than the older crowd, commu- mm-hmm. which was a little annoying. I was like, what, do we have to like make your hair actually look gray for them to like give us street cred? Like, what the fuck? And this was not a, oh, maybe, maybe they're a little shy and they're a little standoffish. Mm-mm. You know a vibe, when you pick up a vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I walk in and it feels like the temperature also dropped by five degrees because we are outsiders and we're the youngins. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to be here.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I, I follow online a little bit. And, and a number of communities, this has popped up now. Um, you see the younger folks, they they call themselves TNG, the next generation. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, I watch from the sidelines because I belong to so many groups. I see things. And and the the things that they are doing in the community is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, these these people, you know, they they've picked up the baton, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. and and I think it is wonderful the things that they are doing, the the way they're bringing people together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the new ground that they're treading, mm-hmm. it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I applaud them for that. They are doing a wonderful job.
0: And yet, and here's where I get, and I don't want to paint all of us old people, kingsters with the same brush, because that's not fair either. But there are enough that look at what the TNG crowd and younger are doing. And they're ones going, but that's not what I had to go through. And that's not what I did. So that's not real. And it's, I I, I podcast listeners, you cannot see JB's <laughs> face, but... He gave a that's bullshit kind of expression. (laughs) We know that. If you are here and can hear the sound of my voice, I think you know that. Hell, if you listen to the very first episode, you already, y'all get it. (laughs) But I think it is easy to forget. Again, it goes back to this is what we know. Mm -hmm. And so this is what feels right, even if it wasn't right. Even if we can intellectually go, no, the way I did that was probably not right. But it's the way I did it. So it has to be a right way because I don't want to feel like I have invalidated my own experience, but these people are doing it in such a radically different way than I did it, how can that be right? Now, not every Kingster's like this. They're not, but there are enough of them that people get driven away from the communities because they don't want to deal with people like that or people get into fights on the internet. Mm-hmm. I do not because I'm not engaging in that conversation. No. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you can just let people be wrong because I'm not fighting with them on the internet. Um, but it's another form of one true wayism, which y'all know how we feel about that, that's some bullshit, okay? (laughs) Because if anybody can be kinky, not everybody is, but anybody can be, then that means there's any way to be kinky, that there's no one way to get into kink, there's no one right way to express kink, there's no one right way to engage in kinky activities, hell, put a group of us in a room together that are all on paper into the same kinks and we all like it a different way. So there's a spectrum of one into another of stuff to do within each specific kink itself. So how how can we walk around going, well, the way I did it is clearly the right way. And if you're not getting into kink or expressing kink or exploring kink in the way I did it, then you are doing it wrong. Like that's, And then in the other hand, go, but yeah, sure. Anybody can be kinky, yeah, 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 I get that. Except if you don't look kinky the way I do kink, then it's wrong to me. Like it's very Mm -hmm. narrow-minded, fixed mindset kind of thinking. I don't have time for it. Um, I do have to sometimes remind myself that that is still prevalent. That is still a bigger part of it. Like in my mind, The BDSM community is kind of kumbaya. We live and let live whatever the fuck you want to do. Just don't hurt anybody. Get consent. Be aware of risks. Mm -hmm. All that good stuff. I know that's not true. I read the horror stories. I hear the horror stories, you know, and the live chat here on YouTube, every week there's somebody who's like, no, let me tell you what I experienced. It still goes on. But that's why to me, On one level, the message of, hi, anybody can be kinky and we can kind of do this in any way we need to that works for us mutually with a partner. is still, it feels like a silly hokey message. I'm kind of like, am I really on episode 286 of a fucking podcast telling people that anybody can be kinky? Yeah, because we kind of still need the reminder, including and sometimes especially people who've been doing it for a long time and have gotten stuck in their ways. Those are also the people I don't Mm -hmm. have time for. I just don't have patience. For that. And I am a person um, that uh, doesn't like change that much. I don't like mixing. I don't. It's uncomfortable to learn new stuff sometimes. And yet, that's what kink is. You've said it many times. You have to be kind of a lifelong learner in kink because yeah. there's always a new way to do something, a new thing that you didn't know existed, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, that's not just about our kinks. That's about how we approach the community and how we interact with people and our understanding that just because 30 fucking years ago, we didn't have the language to describe identity that we have today, that somehow, because the language is new, that it's not valid? If that was the case, wouldn't we still be speaking like old English from however many hundreds of years ago? Like... What? Like, think that through logically. You know, the next Mm -hmm. time somebody's like, these newfangled words and terms and what people call themselves, yeah, motherfucker, language fucking changes. I mean, or would we like to go back to using thee and thou? And I'm not even sure how to properly use that grammatically, okay? (laughs)
1: Like,
0: fucking hell. So, (laughs) okay, so I I made myself go on a rant Mm -hmm. with a very simple message. Because I, what, I'm, what did not get touched on in that first episode is how complex, it's very simplistic to go, of course anybody can be kinky. And it is very easy for even some of the most close-minded people to pay lip service to that but mm-hmm. then not actually back it up with their actions, which is why I'm glad you and I learned how to change our language. And we did have to learn, we had to reteach yeah. ourselves how to speak about things. And every once in a while it'll still slip through and it pisses me off when it does, but you know, we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather talk about the role dom, sub, top, bottom. Quite frankly, my biggest conundrum is, I don't want to say dom slash top, bottom slash submissive, all the time when I mean both, because both what I'm talking about can apply to both, but I don't have a better term for it. Hmm. So sometimes I just say Dom, I mean top. sometimes I say top, I mean Dom. Language is weird. Um, please rant yourself because I feel like I have sucked up all the oxygen as usual. Uh, well, I think on what, a very simple concept. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> I I guess what I would would say to some of this is I I find it um, a bit humorous um, and timely going back to the um, comment we received earlier Mm -hmm. because, you know, we often talk about how everything done in in the kink world is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? If you like pink fuzzy handcuffs <laughs> all the way up to the person that goes into edge playing consensual non-consent all right mm-hmm. y'all kinky right in your own way shape and form however you enjoy it however you do it you're kinky mm-hmm. and it doesn't make you any more or any less one or the other Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah i have this when oh, jb is referring to a yeah comment we received about how we're fake kinksters and we're the fuzzy handcuff kind of fake kinksters. (laughs) Okay, anyway, um, (laughs) I'm just wondering, is there a grand kink master walking around with a clipboard grading all of us other kinky people and making the grand determination of who is actually kinky?
1: The grand poobah of kink.
0: The grand poobah of kink. (laughs) That person better have a cool hat (coughs) is all I'm going to say. Yeah. When we start determining what is and isn't kinky enough or kinky Mm -hmm. at all, real or fake kink, we are walking away from this premise that anybody can be kinky. And just like uh, your kink's not my kink, but your kink's okay. Yeah. I don't have to understand your kink or how you engage in your kink for you to call it kinky, right? Um, I see some of these jokes, these memes online, that's like, erotic is uh, using the feather, kinky's using the whole damn chicken. Nah, (laughs) you're not using the feather, right? If you can't make that kinky, it's all I'm saying. Like, (laughs) there's degrees of this, right? Everything is in a, a varying degree and a varying yeah. experience and expression of it. Um, and, and yeah, one true wayism gets away completely from that concept that any one of us can be kinky in any way we choose in any mm-hmm. way we define. Um, one of the things I, I was trying to jot down notes from the cringy six minutes when I finally just read the transcript. It's okay. If you just do too. the transcripts mm-hmm. in that episode, um, is that one of the other assumptions we make, even when we're like, yeah, yeah, anybody can be kinky that's a very high level kind of sure, sure, sure platitude. Drop down. Think about how some people treat people based on their perceived or actual role. If you are perceived to be the dom or the top and I have watched this and I've watched Mm -hmm. this mostly in relation to you but to other people as well. I watch a group of actual fucking adults give the person they've perceived as the dom more respect, more time to talk, certainly a lot more uh, time to talk than sometimes they deserve. I'm like, why are we not cutting Mm -hmm. that asshole off? They're not saying anything useful. And I could be meaning myself in that, it's fine. It's okay if somebody thinks that of me too. But, and then I have watched in communities where if you are known to be, or you are perceived to be the submissive or the bottom, sometimes you get less time to talk. You are not allowed to take up a leadership position. If you try and take up a leadership position, everybody's looking around for the Dom. Oh, is your Dom gonna help you too? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that also gets back into sort of that one true wayism thing of kink where we think we know what it means to be in a specific role. And all we really know is what it means for us at this moment in time. Because my role as a submissive has changed drastically over the years. When we were long distance, mm-hmm. when I was in submissive mode, <laughs> player, player one mode <laughs> there, uh, I was a little bit more subservient. I was I like, sassy? Of course. Oh, am I breathing? Geez. Of course I was sassy. <laughs> um, but I was much quicker to be like, yes, daddy, whatever you want, daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was more of a tell me what you do and I'll do it immediately. There might not be as, I don't want to say pushback, but maybe that's the word you would use. <laughs> <laughs> you were also more apt to, Issue commands and orders and be firmer in things and be yeah. very clear about what you want. And as time and life gets in the way and relationships evolve and change.
1: That has evolved and changed it's long. It's evolved with it. and yeah. changed
0: with it. Exactly. Yeah. And so when I think of what it means to for me to be submissive, I actually have to be careful that I don't try to think back to five or six years ago because that's submissive. She's a nice girl and all, but that was mm-hmm. then. This is who I am now. Are there things I might like to change or shift a bit? Sure, but mm-hmm. in general, those two ways of submitting are a bit different now, but neither mm-hmm. is any less valid than the other one. And I know, because it happens to me regularly, that a lot of people look at me, know I'm kinky, and, and unless I actively go, here is my collar and here's my submissive shirt, you know, they don't think I'm submissive. Because in yeah. their mind, they've got this snapshot of what that means to be submissive. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's based on their own experience and sometimes it's based on the fantasy they have in their head, you know, or whatever it is. And I, that's another thing, another layer in the idea of, it's not just that you can be kinky, you can be kinky in the way that works for you in this given moment in time. And the only thing you've really got to worry the most about is how it relates, if you have a partner, how it relates to your partner and are, are is it meshing well together. Right. Um, have you noticed that about how people treat doms and perceived doms versus subs?
1: Mm, yeah, to a certain extent.
0: I. I ask because uh, Doms don't always notice. <laughs> they're, they're used to kind of being, and I and I don't I don't have any direct knowledge of this. I would be curious to hear from uh, women who are Doms or people who are perceived as women who are Doms mm-hmm. um, how your experience varies from your masculine counterparts. because yeah. do we the 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 gender bullshit that's out there about how we treat men and women and then mm-hmm. hopefully we just acknowledge people who are neither men nor women but you know what I mean in that binary do female doms get that same deference Is it? am I perceiving that from mostly masculine mm-hmm. doms I don't know
1: and yet at the same time I see a number of submissives that Hold leadership positions. I mean, they uh-huh. they or, they organize events. They organize munches. They they do this. They do that. And
0: give us a minute. Subs will, oh, subs yeah. will take over the fucking world. We got mm-hmm,
1: this. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I see a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool.
0: And you know, I actually. I feel a little bit better about a community or about a group of people. Sometimes it's not a full blown community; it's just this mm-hmm. little group of people. When everybody's comfortable, going, yeah, that's a submissive person, and they happen to be in charge of this munch, this event, this whatever. Um, and they're not. And nobody's looking around for the dom. Like mm-hmm. who's actually leading? And like, whew, I just I don't have any patience for that. Uh, I say this as a submissive who's like, no, I would rather do things with my dom by my side. Things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But also, I don't want any asshole to ask where my, my dom or my top is when I'm doing shit, thanks. Um, but yeah, that's a that's not, it doesn't mean the community is perfect or that group is perfect, but that's a pretty good sign to me. If, you, if you're if you not, you know, pulling back and going, wait, but you're submissive, you can't do this. Well, yeah, the fuck you can. The, other, the only downside I would say is let's make sure, if you are that submissive and you find yourself taking on leadership roles and you're doing it because you want to give back to your community, it's important to you, you know, it's meaningful to you, like whatever your reason is. And you're noticing that everybody's letting you um, do a check-in with yourself periodically and make sure that they're not just treating you like the group's submissive and you're doing this to um, that they're not taking advantage of that or, or trying to issue, orders or commands and trying to have that power dynamic with you because Mm -hmm. yes, this is your event, but also you're submissive like that. I don't think that's super common, but every once in a while you'll come across a person who cannot see beyond their perceived understanding of what a role means. And so, yeah, you're the submissive Mm -hmm. in charge of this much, but that means you're here to serve me because that's what you do, right? You you take care of us and that's why you're doing this. Maybe that is why you're doing it, but that needs to be your reason and not somebody else's reason that they've placed on top of you, that they then treat you like you're there to serve them because you happen to organize this thing for other people. Mm. Um, it's a weird thing. I, it's not, like I said, it's not like I see it all the time, but um, a couple. I know a couple of submissives who organize like big stuff, and then I, I see how some people just are, you know? It's like, oh, great, look at you. You did this great, magnificent thing. I'm so thankful for it. Also, in the very next breath, I'm gonna use my Dom tone with you, even though we just fucking met two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a weird thing. Um, I I know it can be tough for some people. And I think maybe, maybe this is a newer person thing. Maybe this is an experienced person thing. Maybe it's neither, and it's just a person thing. But I know that it can be hard for some people to think beyond I'm in a kink space in a kink community and I'm kinky and this is my role. And so the rest of life does not apply. You know, it's like all of the rest of the vanilla world turns off the moment you walk through the the doors to the munch. That would be nice if it did, but I am much more impressed by people who can kind of flow within the middle part and the nuance of that space. Meaning, Yes, we are in this kink event space for a workshop, for a munch, for a something. There may be casual flirting or conversations and mm-hmm. maybe a dom tone or a sub tone, a voice will come out, maybe a look, maybe a flirtation. But also in the very next moment, your server's gonna come to the table and ask you what the fuck you want to drink. And you can pivot and be a person who's ordering at a restaurant and not a domly dom type or whatever, Because, Mm -hmm. and that, I I would also say that's a little bit of a skill to navigate. I would be more sympathetic to newer kinksters because I know that rush of, oh my God, I'm kinky. And I have this role. And this is what I think that role means. And I want to inhabit this role all the time. (laughs) And what do you mean I have to turn it off for the server to come take my order at the munch? Like, what do you mean? Uh, I'm probably going to be a little bit more sympathetic to that than I am to somebody who's like a, you know, three decade long kinkster- who thinks that, you know, the whole world has to just deal with their role. Like, mm, do they? Mm, I'm not impressed. Um, <laughs> because anybody can be kinky. But we cannot always inhabit our kink every second of every day. We have to be able to interact with the non-kinky world. Yeah. And so there's a lot of nuance to that. The six minutes just didn't, just didn't
1: catch. Just didn't, yeah, didn't give it enough... Uh...
0: Yeah. I couldn't have done that in twenty fifteen. I'd have been shaking in my boots, sweating on the microphone. On the laptop with the internal microphone is what I would have. <laughs> um I have sucked up all the oxygen as usual. What what is on your mind?
1: I, I think what
0: would you like to complain about?
1: I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> I, I'm fine.
0: Um Yeah. So I, mean, I yeah. You were about to say something. <laughs> I keep cutting you off. It's so, so Girl.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I think we've done a fine job of um, conveying this in all its subtlety.
0: It's a very complex thing because with Kink comes a, a conversation about identity that I don't really feel like I am the one to have conversations about identity with. I am a cis white. I think I'm mostly straight lady on the internet. Like I what am I gonna <laughs> say, right? Like <laughs> Um, and I think that there is a deeper conversation to be had about kink communities and kink identities and then the identity that is not about kink at all and just who you are whether that's your gender or your sexuality or your race or your ethnicity or whatever mm-hmm. and how all of that kind of intersects and, and works together and whoo that's an important conversation to have and i'm not the one to be uh having that conversation you will get nothing new or intelligent from me on that um and i wish i had like a off the top of my head kind of these folks but um who was i thinking of luna is it luna matatas i always say her name wrong she's a sex educator she's got her own podcast now about uh, i think it's about anal <laughs> i think it's a <laughs> podcast is about but she does a series of uh online workshops about kink and race and just okay. these really good conversations um i think i have butchered her her name but yeah, so there are people out there having those conversations. Um yeah. I can I feel like we can only touch on it surface level cuz we're we're not the ones. Um but I think there's that also adds a layer of complexity to the navigating a kink community, finding mm-hmm. your kink community, figuring out your kinks and what that means and and you know, kind of being at peace with who you are and like, it gets much more complex as you have to navigate other parts of your identity as well. And yeah. So I guess this one is just to reiterate anybody can be kinky and you cannot assume Mm -hmm. what kink or not kink they may have based on Anything you see on the outside looking in, um, short of them <laughs> telling you about how uh, you know, you're know you kinky, so you're clearly going to hell, you could probably make an assumption, but uh, people are also ashamed of their own kinks sometimes too, so sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would say that when you live in, and it's true, a lot of you do, you live in a teeny tiny little itty bitty town, and you think, you're the only kinkster there? You're totally not. <laughs> You're totally not. We are literally everywhere. Uh, maybe yeah. in the little backwoods towns, we're not as uh, numerous as we are in major metro areas, but we're definitely there. You're never the mm-hmm. only one. Um, but it is harder to find and to to find each yeah. other and to learn from each other when it's a very small area that doesn't have a obvious community. True, true. Uh, yeah. So... Okay, there are other, I, I I I got nothing. I mean, I got uh, plenty, but I got nothing.
1: All right. So, am I safe to say that we're good?
0: <sighs> I'll let other people decide. Okay. I mean, not the not the person who referred to us as fuzzy handcuff fake, but you know, he, yeah, does, you he know. doesn't get an opinion. He doesn't go here, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes i'll let others decide okay uh is this um, hopefully a more interesting maybe a slightly more nuanced conversation than the six minutes from 2015 yes <laughs> 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 yes um it is both a simplistic thing and a very nuanced thing about it is anybody being kinky um But, yeah, I think the moment you in your mind get prescriptive about what you think it means to be kinky and if somebody else is doing kink wrong and we're not talking about consent and safety, um, you are
1: Mm -hmm. potentially
0: falling into some layer of one true wayism. And you got to pull back from that because, you know.
1: You know, whatever your level of kink is, um, if you enjoy it and you're having fun with it, run with it, you know. Don't, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, Mm -mm, mm -mm. you know, do what works for you and makes you happy.
0: Yep. And
1: that's what it's all
0: about. You don't have to justify. No. The only person you have to help understand what it is you want and why you want it and how you're going to get it is the partner you're about to do shit with. The person you're with. Yeah. After that, who gives a shit? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you are of uh, uh, not a legal adult, and then I need you to go away from here and come back when you're 18, okay? <laughs> read books. Read read non-porn websites. Yeah. This is your mom speaking, okay? <laughs> please don't. Please don't. The kink mom. The kink mom. Hey, I'll... <laughs> look, I'll be the kink mom, okay? It's fine. I can handle it. Um, oh, my God. Don't give me an idea for more content. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Okay. We could keep going. All we right. need to stop. We're going to yeah. stop now. We, we've we got something major. Oh, yeah. Not in a good way mm. in the bonus section. So. All
1: right. So are we good?
0: I don't know. I think we're rambling, quite frankly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep,
1: keep it kinky, kinky y'all.
0: And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Daddy.
1: Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? Yeah, go ahead. I'm not even going to play with you this time because I know got, you got got, yeah, oh yeah. Go for it, girl.
0: Okay, so if you <laughs> were able to watch or listen to in the background our Friday night hangout, uh, which was done on October 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You already know this. This will be a repeat. You can, like, use this time as a bathroom break or to, mm-hmm. you know, go get you a drink or something. Fast forward, whatever you got to do. Um, so... You know, JB was hit by a literal car while riding his motorcycle on September 28th. Mm-hmm. And we thought, wow, that's a big major thing. And it is, and he's in the process of recovering and you can give an update after this. Yeah. And very grateful it was not any worse than it is. And we thought, okay, that's like, that's like our thing. We're, that's like our big thing to, to deal with. The universe is done with us. Mm. The universe mm. was not done not with wrong. us. Nope. Friday afternoon, when the 16 year old who has been driving for three months uh, left school. Was taking a friend home. He got into an accident. He is fine. He nobody is fine. Was, Nobody there was hurt. No injuries, no ambulance no. rides.
1: Nope.
0: Um, he was at fault. He rear-ended the car in front of him, who had stopped, and he didn't see it in time and stopped too late. He was driving a 2012 Toyota Corolla, my car. The car he hit was an SUV, and easily a good one six inches higher off the ground yeah. than him. called while he was sitting on the side of the road in what is a very highly trafficked area just outside the high school like literally had pulled out of the high school it was they'd barely gotten up through it uh the car uh has no front bumper the radiator is pushed into the engine the front quarter panel is smushed and the passenger side door cannot even be opened <laughs> the driver's door it opens but it
1: with a little um
0: it lets you know it didn't wish it did not have to open. Yeah. Um, we had to have it towed to a body shop. I had to call the uh, Geico again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't get the same person uh, to file the claim. The 16 year old had to talk to Florida Highway Patrol and get his very first ever uh, traffic citation.
1: What What was funny, though, was when we showed up there because we hadn't heard from him for a little bit. Um, he was like, oh, good. The adult figures are here. I don't have to deal with this anymore. (laughs) Like, oh no, Mm -hmm. you did this. You have to deal with it. You were the one involved. You need to talk to the parties involved. And that officer does not
0: want to talk to your mommy. He wants to talk to you, the driver. Yep. Um, This was all happening on a night when the child's in band. He was supposed to have a big old football game. It was homecoming weekend. He was late Mm -hmm. getting all that. Thankfully, his band director was like, yes, you've been in a car accident and you have to talk to the police. Yeah, I can give you a pass for being late um the uh so he does not have a car we were very quickly uh informed through just life how spoiled we've become by having another driver in the house a lot of running around yeah um the guy at the body shop nothing's official yet i just got the last of the pictures to the insurance adjuster this morning as of Mm -hmm. recording um but the guy at the body shop took one look at it went yeah, it's probably totaled. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, shut up, you shut up right now. Yeah. <laughs> when we pulled up to where the accident happened to check on him, because we weren't hearing from him, he hadn't said, okay, the wait for highway patrol is this long, he hadn't given me any details after he called and I told him what he needed to do. So we pull up to check on him. He was actually gonna try and drive this damn car home. And I don't know what it is Maybe you do. There's a part of the front... It's not the bumper. The bumper is literally sitting in the trunk. Um, yeah. I don't know who got it in there or how, but the part of the front part of the car is literally bungeed to itself. Yeah. And he was going to drive home like that. And we went, you're not driving no damn where in
1: mm-hmm. this car. He was, getting, he was getting ready to drive off in that thing. I was like, no, you're not driving that car anywhere. So. He was like, it's fine. Uh, no, no it's
0: so he is going to be able to get the points off of his license by taking the basic driver, blah, blah, blah online course. Mm-hmm. Um, he, we obviously had to pay the ticket cause he doesn't have a job and no damn money, but he will be paying us back once he gets money. That I'm thankfully I am that parent. So are you, we will not let that go. We will oh, not no. forget about it. I actually had him take a copy of the receipt to his room and put it in a safe spot. So he would know exactly how much he owes. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't help. He doesn't have a, job to like earn money and the only money he was being given from us was gas money so it'll be a while Mm -hmm. um we are just waiting like if they if they can fix the car the deductibles like i made a big deductible so we could afford insurance and now i'm regretting my life choices um if they total it out we've been pricing cars and what they'll probably yeah. total it out at and we will we will have a worse car
1: <laughs> my mm-hmm. little
0: corolla my corolla looked kind of looked a little janky okay but it only had eighty four thousand miles on it and as a 2012 and, and, and ran really up, well we
1: <laughs> kept up with all the maintenance on it so we knew it was a, a DC, you know in in good shape
0: so the good news is we don't have to replace your bike. It'll cost us $50 to fix it. Correct. The up in the air news is we might have to get a whole ass new to us car. Kind of crappy car. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <sighs> that was, so, that was well, the, <laughs> the, the The part I got a good <laughs> chuckle about, um, when, when we arrived there, I, I, I went with the 16 year old to go speak to the band director to let him know what was going on. So we're walking up there and, uh, The 16-year-old turns to me and says, am I going to have consequences for this?
0: Which is our code for you're in trouble. Usually you have no access to anything, but like a light bulb is is electricity, and that's it. And
1: I, I couldn't help but laugh and told him, you know, mom and I haven't talked about this, but I don't think so. And he looked kind of puzzled by that. But... Several days passed when he realized he can't just come and go as he pleases as he has over the last few months. He was like, you know, I feel like I've been grounded for something.
0: And I like, pointed out these are the natural, consequences of, natural an consequences
1: of an accident and being a distracted driver. And
0: you get, <laughs> you get to uh, feel those consequences. Mm-hmm. Also, so do the adults in your life, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, he's got a nice network of friends who have cars who are willing to pick him up. Like he's got to ride to school in the morning. He's got to ride mm-hmm. to the college campus middle of the day twice a week. I was, I was going to do that for him, but he got a ride. And, but what I told him is, oh, I need to get you some cash then because you need to pay those folks some gas money. They didn't have to do that for you. That's right. just the right thing to do. So I am not. we're not getting a break on the gas money thing. It's just being doled out to other people. Um, and um, thankfully, he's got a band competition this coming Saturday, which I'm very excited about because I'm a band geek and <laughs> I have not watched him march yet this uh, season and I'm very excited. Um, but I was we have things going on on Saturday that we had planned before the accident because he had a car to drive. And I'm like, oh my God, how are you getting there? He like, I don't know. And then the email came out that they're all riding a school bus together. And I like, oh, thank God. Yep. Thank God, good. You ride the school bus and then you come home on the school bus and we will pick you over from the school. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything's like just chaotic. And, <laughs> and so I won't go into too many details, but so this happened and he called me Friday afternoon when I didn't have a car to go get him cuz you were out picking up his little oh, brother. Yeah. And I stayed calm and I went, "Okay, here's what you-. First it was like, "Is everybody okay? Are you hurt?" you know. And he's right. like, "No injuries, we're all fine." It's just, "What do I do?" And I'm walking him through it. And I'm staying calm. And I'm staying calm when we finally get to the accident site and I'm staying calm for him because the it was kind of sweet. It was one of those like I felt I feel like I'm doing something right as a parent because the moment he saw us, you could see a weight come off of him, like oh god, the adults are here now. Mm-hmm. And then while we're in between talking to the highway patrol officer and I'm talking to Geico and blah blah blah, I take him to the side and give him a big old hug. And I could, like, feel the he was starting to feel the stress at that point finally. And you know we get everything sorted and I'm calm and we went and got dinner and I'm calm and I'm I'm just calm. And then Saturday morning there was a dust up between a grumpy polar bear named John Brownstone and a teenager. And cause I kept going, how, how much more can I take before I crack? Like, how am I staying so calm? Why does go, but I'm just staying calm and I'm staying busy, and I'm staying calm. And they had a dust up that was easily taken care of, it ended up being fine and that, but that was my moment. I actually ran from the room crying. I don't run from a room crying, no damn, never. For no fucking reason. And I was like, oh, I can't handle it. <laughs> and I buried my face in a pillow. And I was like, in my head, there's that little little part, like section of my brain that's still kind of calm going, you're not really crying over that. You know you're not really crying over that, right? You know you're actually crying over, are you fucking kidding me, two vehicle accidents (laughs) in less than three weeks? What the actual fuck? So I'm mostly calm now. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you're a little bit more tense than I am because everything's up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen with the car, so we don't know if it's getting fixed. We don't know if right. it's getting totaled. We can't make any decisions about what to do next. Do we get a rental car? We have it as our, on our insurance, but do we get one? I don't know. Do we need one? I don't know. Will there be cars to buy it? We don't know. There's a shortage. Mm-hmm. Like it's, so a lot I, And I feel like you're carrying around some of that tension. I'm over here going, I'm just going to sit at my computer. I'm going to type on the keyboard all day long. That's what I'm going to do. Um but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, been uh, fun. It's been interesting. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
0: Now, onto a more positive thing, but still about auto accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to give an update about how you're doing at, since being hit by a literal fucking car? <laughs> what kind of car? A literal fucking car. Really? Like, huh. Or Imagine a fucking that. literal car, but it. <laughs> Meaning changes once it becomes a fucking literal car as I'm, opposed I'm, to a figurative car. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm doing much better. Um, like I explained earlier, not quite 100% yet, but getting there. Mm-hmm.
0: For podcast listeners, hopefully in the next week or two, we'll get back to mini episodes on Tuesdays again. So that will be exciting. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, I, I am doing much better. Uh, went to a um, had a follow up. Visit with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened.
0: I think we talked about that in the bonus section last week. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Time has no meaning, but yeah, I think we. Yeah.
1: Did. And um, yeah, I, I've pretty much been on the mend. the The bruising is just about all gone.
0: Yeah, there's a couple yellow spots, mm-hmm. but no, the purple's all gone.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm still tender in a few spots. If I if I sit wrong or sit too too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little tender, there's a few spots that's still some swelling, a mm-hmm. um, little stiffness in the shoulders once in a while. But
0: I mean, you're a 60 year old man who got hit by a car.
1: I'll, I'll probably be able to predict the weather after this right. really well. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in like five years' time, you're gonna go,
0: Man, that shoulder still is stiff, and I'll be like, Yeah, because you were hit by a literal car. <laughs>
1: Um on on the bike itself, um they did not total the bike. No, thank god.
0: Um
1: and that is in that has been towed to the shop. It is in the shop. Have you gotten any updates on that? Have not gotten oh, any okay. updates. I, I may stop by sometime this week if I have a chance.
0: Yeah, at this point in our life we just drive around town stopping to visit her vehicles yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah. go to the body shop today mm-hmm. I was like can I see my car I need to take pictures for it mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> visitation with my Corolla <laughs>
1: right <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know yeah'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing well I'm doing well. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm actually. Not, I'm not popping Tylenol.
0: No, yeah, you were. All day, all
1: long, day long like yeah. I, I was for a while. I've, I've pretty much cut down on that. Um, the doctor did give me some muscle relaxers, which I was very grateful for. Um, but even with that, I'm only taking right now at bedtime.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're sleeping through the night. And, and um, I'm
1: sleeping through the night. I'm sleeping all night.
0: Yeah, you've started getting enough back to normal that a part of me forgets, oh, wait, he's still recovering. Mm -hmm. because i'm like what why can't he just do this why is he taking so? oh yeah why did he have to sit down after that oh yeah Yeah. literal fucking car that's right that's right i remember Mm -hmm. now (laughs)
1: um you know i don't remember if we said this it it is has been determined at this point the person that hit me did not have does not have last week does not have insurance our insurance is
0: handling everything yeah uh, I think we have accident forgiveness for the 16 year old's accident. So hopefully
1: yeah, hope <laughs> they so. won't
0: raise our rates. We'll see. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a happy fall. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but it's been confirmed on our wedding anniversary this month. We'll be at a band competition. Yeah. So that will be fun. Actually, it'll be fun. Cause I, I love band competitions. Um, I did, because I had to send over some tax information for another thing that I was doing. I did figure out what year we got married.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do tell.
0: It was 2017, because that was the first year we filed our taxes (laughs) jointly. And I only know, because I had to send somebody five years of records for something, and I was like, wait, 2016, his name's not on the file 2017 is oh we must have gotten married in 2017 so maybe we should make a note of that so i don't have to go to tax records whatever yeah. i want to know yeah. when here we got yeah. married. okay look y'all when i tell you i am not sentimental <laughs> clearly that's what i mean <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, and this is, this happened weeks and weeks ago. I think I mentioned it at least once, but just to add to like the, the stress pie that we have, I've lost my wedding band. I have the the engagement part of it, but my actual wedding band's gone. Can't, can't replace it right now. I'm just every once in a while, I'll just be like going about my life dealing with, you know, this car accident, that car accident, this kid, that kid. And I'm like, I've lost my wedding band. Look uh, for for those who thought and and in your for your life 2020 was the, a bad year for you. I I feel you. 2020 was actually a pretty good year for us, and clearly 2021 20, went. Wait a minute, <laughs> we have some catching up.
1: Hold to do. Hold my beer. Some yeah. catching
0: up to do. So uh, all all I can say is 2022 has got to be better. I hope so. So I'm just barreling towards the new year. Yeah. <laughs> out of 2021
1: let's get out of 2021 2021 without being any lasting scars and you know we'll be fine
0: so that is our rambly Mm -hmm. bonus section uh oh my god uh tamsin asked uh could it be in a jacket pocket no i know where it was and i know that it got knocked off my it was on a ring stand A,
1: a cat was involved
0: that knocked the ring stand with the rings off my nightstand onto the floor I forgot about it for a few days when I went to look the ring with the gemstone was on the floor the wedding band is nowhere and was it vacuumed up by the cleaners when they come and they use their own vacuum was it swallowed by a cat and I didn't know to look through shit for a ring I don't know we don't know is it buried under a baseboard somehow in a spot we just cannot see don't know don't know don't know oh my god oh my
1: god yeah so
0: yeah i'm uh i don't i've never really cared about the changing of the year and yay let's celebrate a new year but i think i think i'll i think i'll be uh looking forward to 2022 yeah um I don't know if this episode was any good. I feel like it was just a giant ramble, more so than all the other giant rambles that we call episodes. <laughs> um, our, I feel a little bit like our bonus sections have become like therapy sessions, but in a way that's probably not good. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Thanks, Mm-hmm. For those of you who put up with it like this and maybe even enjoy it like this. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like, God, I wish we could be more professional. And then somebody will be like, no, I like you just the way you are. Okay. I won't worry about being professional then. Um, so um, it's it's, it's, been a, it's been a rough several weeks. Yeah. We are still here together and happy. Mm-hmm. We're still doing what we love. Um, we're not living in a tent. In our backyard yet, so you we're not know. Not like
1: the people behind us in living in the woods.
0: The people in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna call that a success. We're gonna celebrate the good shit we got. Right. We're gonna deal with the crap shit, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be power exchanging it all the way through. Yep. <laughs> so- I yep. feel like we have to stop telling people we're going to t- teach them how to have a happy, healthy power exchange, and we're just going to tell them how to survive your life
1: with power <laughs> right? exchange. Life 101.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: oh god! But
0: that's um, that is that is it. We yeah. we are good. It's just high stress stuff. We're we're happy to be together. Mm-hmm. We're we're. we're we are laughing more than we're crying, do think? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. we have actually been very good through this. Like I know I past relationship as well, the higher the stress, the more the arguments and we're we're doing okay so far. Knock on wood mm-hmm. on that. We're not we're doing it together. We're getting yeah. through it together. So that's yeah. all that really matters. And that's all mm-hmm. you can kinda really do. Yep. So we're gonna go now <laughs> before mm-hmm. I actually do start crying. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> and we will be back. Next week, and I think, I think at least starting next week, we might be back to our full schedule again. So yay for that. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your attention and time and love and support and, you know, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We love y'all. Thanks. Bye. Bye.